Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. I got a co-host and a guest joining me today. Uh, my co-host is AC Hale. AC, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back, Evan. All right, before we get to our guest, though, we'll do a quick word from our sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by Egg Weights. Uh, you may be seeing some of the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro team posting about them. So they're essentially they're small weights you carry in your hand when you go running, and the idea is it works your arms and uh, hands at the same time as you're working on running. They can also be used for things like uh, if you're doing um, martial arts or fighting training like boxing, you know, essentially adds weight to the distal end of your arms, uh, which is more costly than adding weight to anywhere else in the body. So basically like small weights you kind of carry in your hands. So just mind you showed up today. I haven't even had a chance to use them, but super excited about that. Um, and then if anyone wants to order a pair, you can head over to ctgproteam.com. The link will be up there uh, for, I think it's a 10, 10% discount code. All right, let's get to today's guest. So joining us today, we have Logan Broadbent. Logan, say hi. Hey, Evan, how you doing? First time caller, long time listener here. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to run through a quick, well, it's not so quick, uh, of Logan's bio. He said I can gloss over a lot, but I, I, I'm going to talk about a lot of it because I think it's pretty interesting. You know, Logan was a four-time American Ninja Warrior competitor. Actually got the call for season 12, but canceled uh, due to COVID. So he's in seasons 8, 9, 10, 11. Three-time Spartan Pro Team member. Uh, won the Obstacle Course Racing World Championship in the team division uh, in the Elite in 2018 with Jesse Bruce and Samuel Herbert. So obviously both very good athletes and a uh, big fan of Jesse Bruce. And I don't know Samuel too well, but he's friends with some good people. So He's um, awesome. He's the best. Yeah. And then... Uh, Obstacle Course Racing Team World Championship third place co-ed elite with Amy Padgett and Matt Willis. Uh, fourth overall at NORAM in 2018-2019. Won a whole bunch of Spartan OCRs. And then here's where it gets really interesting, though. Uh, member of the U.S. National Boomerang Team. Reigning U.S. National Boomerang Champion. Three-time Team World Boomerang Champion. Currently ranked second in the world. And then it goes renaissance man here, doing a little bit of everything, right? So... <laughs> Uh, endurance runner competing in the Boston Marathon, former triathlon world championship qualifier, and former All-American diver. So, Logan, welcome. Hey, Evan, thank you very much. Sorry for the rap sheet. I uh, I have a lot of uh, a lot of hobbies. I like to chase butterflies. Uh, I chase butterflies and boomerangs, apparently. I can see that, and we're going to be talking a lot about um, some crossover points between uh, some of your other sports and obstacle course racing. But before I forget, you know you. I don't know if you know this, but I raced with Matt Willis and Amy Padgett at NORAM in 2018 and 19. And we, yes. came, in, yeah, we came in second. So you replaced me when you went to OCR World Championships. And oh. you, you guys came in third. And then I was like, damn it. I should have gone to the championships. And then I was like, <laughs> no, you know, you know, Logan's a lot faster than me. Uh, we probably wouldn't have come in third. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a short, it's a short course for that run part. And uh, I think you would have, you still would have walked away with some hardware for sure. You guys would hit the podium uh, regardless of whether you had you or me. Gotcha. All right. So let's, um, <laughs> let's start off with boomerang. Cause that is very bizarre. Um, like, so how did that start and um, kind of take us through that that process? Yeah, you know, a lot of people ask me about this. So this was really my first passion. You know, it's been boomerang throwing my entire life. And the reason is my dad competed on the U.S. boomerang team for years. So uh, he got hooked up with the United States Boomerang Association back in like the early 80s and started competing uh, in boomerangs. And he really made it an obsession, right? He spent like 
every waking hour thinking about boomerangs, making boomerangs, uh, really kind of integrated into that sport. And so I grew up going to boomerang tournaments, you know, traveling around and, and throwing from a very young age. And so naturally, when you start something at that age, uh, and you grow up doing it, you know, it really becomes natural. And uh, luckily, I've, I've grown to become, you know, one of the top throwers and competitors in the world. Uh, we compete at the world championships every two years. Uh, there's a World Cup. Uh, so I've been lucky enough to win three World Cups with my team. Uh, that's everywhere from, you know, we've gone to Italy, Brazil, Australia, Germany, Japan, uh, you know, France, all over the U.S., uh, throwing, catching boomerangs. And uh, it's a really unique sport and a really unique uh, community of people, as you might imagine. So what what does the actual competition consist of? Is it like, I mean, is it like, we're we talking distance? We're we talking, is it like a, more like a gymnastics routine? Like, I don't even have yeah. like a clue of where where to start in my mind yeah yeah so when most people think of boomerangs they think of these uh traditional kind of two-wing wooden boomerangs that you toss out there and they kind of glide out and they come back um but in boomerang competition we're actually competing in a series of different events that test a bunch of different skills so like you said there's distance i actually hold the u.s record in distance i threw boomerang 177 yards all the way out with the full return 177 yards back. So almost Jeez. two football fields out. Gosh. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And then um, there's a uh, maximum time aloft. We're throwing boomerangs that are made to stay in the air as long as possible. Those are made out of micro balloons and epoxy covered in carbon and Kevlar fibers. So they're ultra rigid, ultra light uh, boomerangs that are made to stay up in the air. Uh, there's fast catch where we're throwing catching boomerangs that are moving 80 to 90 miles per hour. And we're throwing from the center of a bullseye. So there are concentric circles on this field. And you throw from the center of the bullseye, and the boomerang has to travel 20 meters out. Uh, and they come all the way around and back. And so uh, so they're moving really, really quick. Uh, in an event called endurance, it's five minutes of fast catch. So for five minutes, you're throwing and catching as many times as possible. Um, and then there's a really cool event that I love. It's called trick catch and doubling. And that's where you actually throw two boomerangs at once. And you have to catch behind the back, under the legs, with your feet. Um, all sorts of really cool, uh, really cool trick catches that we do in competition too. And then, uh, and then there's accuracy and Australian round, which is kind of a distance and accuracy type of event. Uh, that's, that's pretty fun to compete in too. So a whole plethora of different events and, uh, and each one has a different type of boomerang that we're using for each of those individual events. So it's something you have to see to believe. It's really unbelievable. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask what the boomerangs were made out of, cause I'm still picturing this like a boomerang shaped wooden boomerang yeah but yeah. I, I took i so they're made out of different different materials right yeah so we make them out of so most of the competitors actually make their own boomerang so not only do you oh, have to be an awesome. athlete but you have to kind of be an engineer too and be able to create the right air airfoils and aerodynamics to get the boomerangs to to fly and to come back the way you want them to and so they're made out of carbon fiber fiberglass vanillic materials uh, sometimes we do composites, uh, of course, you know, all types of different woods and, and, and plastics. Uh, sometimes we'll use like a glass infused nylon for some of the, the fast catch boomerangs. Uh, so it's a whole, you know, there's a whole slate of different materials based on what the event is, what you need the boomerang to do and, you know, and, and what your style is. So if That's you're, amazing. Yeah, if you're a, let's say I want to get my daughter or son involved in boomerang throwing, is there like a, you know, the mud run guide equivalent of like boomerang, like what website? Uh, should people go to or like how, how do you even start this process 
Good, good question. So uh, you can check out the USBA.org that stands for United States Boomerang Association. And uh, you can find some information about events and things like that. The tricky part is getting a boomerang that actually works. So I'm actually just revamping my website, my business. I actually make and sell boomerangs. I send boomerangs all over the world, right, to uh, especially the young people who are trying to get into the sport. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's if you can find a good, you know, comparable business that has has a good working boomerang. Um, you know, I can send you to plenty of different references, but check out the USBA.org to start and, uh, and you'll find plenty of good boomerang uh, vendors and, and, and places where you can get a boomerang that actually works. Because if you go out to Target or if you go out to the dollar store or something and try to buy a boomerang, the chances are it doesn't have the right aerodynamic principles to actually return. So it probably won't work that well. Gotcha. And drop a plug for your uh, business. Yeah. So, yeah. So it'll be, uh, so it's broadband boomerangs and uh again just revamping the website but that'll be up here in the next week or so so you guys will uh, have to check it out yeah and by the time this releases that sh it should be up already so oh perfect there you go awesome yeah, that's nice. i'm gonna look at it <laughs> ac's got to get a boomerang for sure I, I think they should make it a spartan event or a conquer the gauntlet event where you have to like you know stop instead of doing a spear throw you have to throw and catch your boomerang like five times i think that would give me a little bit more of an edge in, in some of these events i, I would like that yeah that i was <laughs> go, go, go for it ac i i was looking at your instagram page which if y'all want to go if anybody wants to go look at videos of him throwing a boomerang go to logan broadbent uh, a and w on instagram but I was actually thinking, I was like, man, they need to make that an obstacle. That'd be more fun than a spear throw. Oh, man, it would be epic. It would be epic. I'm just wondering how you avoid everybody else uh, having to dodge boomerangs out there because they're coming back, right? So, you know, <laughs> it might be it might be entertaining for the spectators, too. They might enjoy watching that event. I think, I think that'd be pretty fun. But, uh, no, it's so cool. I've got a bunch of trick shot videos out there, too. I did a trick shot video with Dude Perfect uh, that's about to hit. 100 million views uh, here in the next week wow. or two so yeah go check that out do perfect boomerang trick shots uh you'll get a kick out of that you'll kind of get an idea of what i do and we'll share that link to the uh strength and speed facebook page so if you listen to this you know just head over to the page after this podcast comes out and you'll you'll see it up there awesome now you know one of the things that is very impressive is you're you're essentially doing pro level competitions in two sports simultaneously right i mean you're doing all this boomerang stuff and then at the same time you're competing in spartan races you're winning you know team world championships right like this is this is insane so how are you balancing uh both you know like what it, like what does your training schedule look like how how often do you do boomerang or is it just like you've done it so much that it's now like ingrained and it's just more of like a maintenance thing See, that's a perfect question. So it's all about being able to manage our time efficiently and effectively. And so everybody out there has a day job, right? They've got, you know, maybe you have kids, maybe you have school, maybe you have, you know, a million other things going on. How do we effectively train the way we need to be able to peak, you know, when we need to, to peak for those special events? And so for me, you know, I'm usually focused on, you know, Ninja Warrior usually happens around April or May timeframe. That's when we start. That's like the city qualifiers. And so once, you know, the race season kind of shuts down in November, uh, you know, I basically switch gears and go straight back to strength. Um, working on grip strength, upper body work, um, you know, a lot of rock climbing, uh, you know, a lot more time actually in the gym instead of on the track. 
Um, and uh, and then, of course, we're gearing up, you know, beginning of February is the first U.S. national or end of February is the first U.S. national series race for Spartan. Uh, so at the same time, I need to be doing a little bit of speed work there, too, uh, not necessarily to peak that early, but at least to be able to perform uh, well, you know, at those races and, and to be able to represent and, uh, you know, and start gearing up. And so what I tend to do is in the morning. I may go out for, you know, a tempo run, um, you know, during lunchtime, I may get a quick hit workout in, I just do some core work. Uh, and then in the evening, I'll spend more time doing strength, uh, you know, rock climbing, um, maybe obstacle specific training. There's a lot of obstacle gyms that have popped up uh, here in Northeast Ohio, um, actually in Cleveland. And so I'll pop out to one of those, you know, and, uh, you know, work on uh work on some more strength stuff but then once ninja warrior is over i pretty much cut back on all climbing all strength related stuff because you know that by that point all the obstacles that we're facing in these ocr races um you know we have enough strength right to get through those rigs and, and other things because of what we've done for ninja warrior so then i really focus on pounding the hills hitting the track a couple times a week and getting some of those longer distance runs in so that i can peak for the late season Interesting. Yeah, I, I really like that strategy, and it seems to logically make sense. The periodized approach to training, and uh, you know, prioritizing what you're, you know, what you have coming up in the near future. It makes yeah, sense. Now with, now with boomerangs, uh, you know, every two years is World Championships, so I practice a lot harder the years when I know World Cup is coming, and uh, I need to represent Team USA. But the thing about boomerangs is it's similar to being a baseball pitcher where you can't throw and practice every single day. Otherwise you'll blow out your shoulder, you'll blow out your elbow, you'll do something like that. So the cross training that I'm doing for obstacle proficiency for Ninja Warrior are really keeping me strong, right? For, for boomerang throwing. And then I can only, you know, and then I can get out and throw two to three days a week and, um, and still be able to keep up, you know, my performance and my ability to, uh, you know, to, to remain hopefully top, you know, one of the top throwers in the world. Awesome. Good answer there. Now, you know, what lessons we like to pull lessons from other sports. So, you know, what lessons can we take from boomerang throwing and apply them to obstacle course racing or maybe what something that you've personally experienced that you can have, have as crossover point? Yeah. The one thing, you know, the one thing about boomerang throwing that uh, very similar diving in this regard is that it is so mental, right? You have one chance, you have one shot to perform and to execute at your absolute best performance. So just like when you're coming up to an obstacle, it's pretty much one and done. In Spartan races, you got a penalty by having to uh, to do burpees. Um, you know, in a lot of the other races, it's a uh, pass-fail, right? So if you can't get through the obstacle and you get taxed, right, they're going to take away that band. Um, and boomerangs is, is very similar. You have one shot. Um, yeah, I could kind of think of the Eminem song. You have one shot, one opportunity, right? Just use everything right. you ever wanted. But uh, um, but really, it's 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 right now you need to execute, and the same with diving. And so I think about that, you know, when it comes to OCR uh, and what I'm doing, and that like you know the when you can tap into that kind of killer instinct when you're racing. Um, it really, you know, pays dividends and you're not going to fail in off school if you've, if you've trained doing that over and over and over again. And so, uh, I think that, and, you know, of course, adaptability is the other piece of it. Um, in boomerangs, we're out there against mother nature. So 
when it gets really windy, even if it rains, like we're still competing and we have to make do with what we have. So you need to be able to react, you need to be able to adapt, and you need to be ready for anything, um, which means you also need to be practicing in those really tough conditions, in those really tough days when you'd rather not be out throwing boomerangs, or maybe for the folks listening here, maybe you'd rather not be out putting in the miles or working on obstacles outside uh, because it's pouring down rain or it's freezing cold. Um, those are the best days to be out there doing your training so that you can be adaptable when it comes to uh, race day. Gotcha. Very good answer there. Yeah. I love all that stuff. AC, do you have something? No, I think that's a great, uh, uh, a great carryover is, is you got to get out there and do it no matter what the weather is, you know, especially this time of the year when most of the country's cold and has bad weather. So yeah, that's a, that's a good word. Yeah, you know, I'm stuck here in Cleveland, and uh, in Cleveland, we're right up, you know, tucked up on the Lake Erie, so we get a lot of lake effects now, uh, you know, kind of similar to Buffalo, not quite as much as Buffalo, but still, you know, we get hit pretty hard uh, with some cold, wet, and, and, and snowy weather, and uh, and there's really no excuse, right? I, I don't take a day off if it gets icy, if it gets slippery, um, you know, oftentimes that's what we can face in Tahoe, that's what we can face at, you know, the... Uh, the ultra world championships. Right. And so the more you put steel in the fire, the stronger it gets. And the more that you're out there working in those really tough conditions, the stronger you'll get uh, both mentally and physically. Any, uh, any final thoughts on a uh, boomerang? Like what, uh, what do you, what's something that someone should know about it that maybe has never seen it or experienced it? Yeah. You know, what's awesome about this sport is obviously it's not the biggest sport in the world, certainly not in the U S uh, we here we have baseball, basketball, football, OCR. We've got a bunch of other sports, um, you know, so it, it's hard to really become a major, major sport here in the U.S., but it has quickly been growing, um, and it's a lot bigger in other countries. In Indonesia, it's very large. In Brazil, Japan, Australia. Um, but what you'll find is that it's similar to OCR in that, you know, if you're a boomerang thrower and you meet a boomerang thrower in Europe or in Australia or in Japan, you automatically have something in common. You may be completely on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to your culture and your traditions and everything else. Um, but when you share that one passion in common, you become family. And, uh, and that's what I love about the sport of OCR. It's what I love about the sport of boomerangs is that anytime you go to these events, um, you know, everybody's having that shared experience and they have that shared passion and it's something you can really rally around. It makes you realize how much you have in common, how much more you have in common with other people than, uh, than the differences that you may have. Yeah, awesome. that is a good one. That's what, that's what I love about the sport is that everybody's, no matter what your differences are outside of the sport, when everybody gets on the trail, it's everybody's the same. Exactly. Yeah, it's fair game. And, uh, you know, I can go anywhere in the world and I'll have a free place to stay in the boomerang community um, because boomerang throwers are that welcoming. Uh, if I wanted to go, you know, go take a look at uh, if I wanted to go to Hungary or Buda, you know, Budapest or something and, and hang out with boomerang throwers, I'll have a chance to do that, which is pretty cool. It, it, uh, it definitely saves you some time and effort when you're uh, and money when you're traveling. Yeah. Th so th this question may go nowhere, but I'm kind of curious, you know, so you've, you've been involved in boomerang for uh, obviously a, a long time at this point. So you've seen, you know, some of the things within the, on like on the, on the business side and the, I'd say the popularity side change and, and fluctuate, you know, are there any things, you know, based off of your experience in Boomerang and then your experience in OCR, you know, 
for the future of OCR, is there any either lessons you can pull over or just in your personal opinion, a uh, direction you would like to see the sport of OCR go in the future? Yeah, you know what? Um, what we found in Boomerangs is that the true growth of the sport uh, and the people that are going to be part of the sport for a long-term period of time uh, really comes from the grassroots efforts. So it's not necessarily these big companies and corporations that are going to get anybody and everybody out there. It's you as an athlete, right, going into your community, encouraging other people to challenge themselves and to, you know, to try something difficult and to train together. I know that's been hard in 2020, given COVID and social distancing and everything. Um, but those grassroots efforts, if we want this sport to thrive and to grow, um, you know, it's everybody's responsibility to get somebody else out to a race and to uh, to convince them that it is possible. Uh, same thing with boomerangs, right? Um, you know, some people think that boomerangs don't work or um, or they can't throw and catch a boomerang. But once you teach them, right, once they once they can attend one competition or just like, you know, an OCR attending one race, you kind of catch the bug, right? You get hooked and, uh, you know, and I think that's what's going to result in uh, growth for the uh, for the sport and, um, you know, long term, you know, longevity of the sport and hopefully, you know, to make it an Olympic sport at one point. I was going to ask, is that, is that a main goal for Boomerang to get in the Olympics? It seems like that would be pretty prime um, opportunity for them. Yeah, definitely. No, it was an exhibition sport in, uh, in Australia and Sydney uh, when they had the Olympics down there. Um, but uh, the one thing about Boomerangs is they, and for the Olympics in general, is they like to have standardized equipment. So they want yep. everybody throwing the same exact tool or same you know same uh same boomerang in this case um but as boomerang competitors we make our own boomerang so it's really hard to standardize the sport um but i think if we're willing to do that we certainly have enough teams and enough countries that participate that it could become an olympic sport um but again the ioc uh they want to limit the number of sports that are in the olympics so one might have to drop off in order for boomerangs to be introduced so we'll, we'll see if that happens i wouldn't mind if ocr became of course, an Olympic sport as well. I think a lot of a lot of your uh, uh, friends at the pod would want to uh, see that happen. Yeah, you know, and I think they could, you know, for boomerang for OCR, OCR. We've seen the model work with triathlon in some aspects, right? Like Olympic distance triathlon is a specific distance, it's a specific standardized distance. But you know, there's yep. Ironman's not in the Olympics, half iron's not in the Olympics, sprints not in the Olympics. I don't, right. I don't think. Um, so you can you can still have both aspects of the sport. Like there can be a boomerang olympic you know olympic boomerang and then like still have the the variants in boomerang and then same thing with ocr right like we can have uh a ocr version that is very standardized you know like run on a track like steeplechase with obstacles and then we can yep. still have our crazy mountains and 24 hours <laughs> and 12 hours and you know insane obstacles and mud and blah 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 you know so i think there's room for yeah. both no, I love the nature. I love the nature of our sport the way it is in that, you know, every weekend you can be in the mountains, you can be in the mud, you can be on a really flat, sandy course, you can, you know, you can see the whole gamut. Um, but of course, you know, in the Olympics, maybe they'd want to standardize the obstacles, right? And, uh, you know, in the courses and, and everything else. So it would, they would definitely switch it up quite a bit. But I would, I love the nature of the sport as it is, because again, adaptability, tricking your body, confusing your body. You have to be ready for anything. Yeah, completely agree. All right, let's jump into some of your other sports, right? Because you've done, you've done a lot. Uh, so let's switch over to diving for a minute. You know, so uh, tell us a little about uh, your All-American diving uh, 
you know, yeah, time. Yeah. So, yeah. So I used to be a diver and uh, I, I love the sport. Um, you know, at the time I was still running, you know, cross country, I was doing track, uh, that sort of thing. But the thing that diving gave me was, um, was really, again, working on um, kind of gearing yourself mentally for executing competition. And so uh, diving is a type of sport where you're rewarded for taking more risks. Um, so, you know, if you're not afraid of hitting the board or getting too close to the board or maybe smacking, um, you know, the water, as, as many of us have, have done, just, uh, you know, just doing a flip or something off the board, um, you know, then you're able to push the envelope and do more difficult dives. And, uh, you know, likewise, no CR, uh, if you're willing to take more risks and, um, you know, maybe uh, flip over the cargo net or something to save a few seconds, uh, you are rewarded for that type of, uh, that type of action. So, um, yeah, I, I think diving has really helped translate to better performance in OCR. Yeah. And especially with Ninja, you know, learning all the new Ninja skills. I mean, you really got to, you know, especially like wing nuts and a lot of the laches and, uh, you know, even the salmon ladder for, uh, people who are new to it, it, it takes a lot of confidence. Like you have to commit to those moves. If you're not, if you don't you do. go all in, yeah. it, it becomes exponentially harder because you don't have the momentum or you don't have the, um, yeah. Yeah, and you're probably going to take a couple knocks, right? So right. anybody who's done a salmon ladder, like for the first time, you know, it's a lot of technique. A lot of the obstacles that we're doing in OCR, you have to practice technique over and over in order to get through them efficiently and quickly. Um, otherwise, you're just muscling your way through, which may be slower, maybe more taxing. Maybe you may pay for it during the run. But if you can find a ninja gym in your area and, you know, go there one day a week or something and, uh, and work on tricking your body, confusing your body, working on different techniques, uh, I think you'll be surprised at how much more efficient that makes you as an OCR athlete. That's, that's definitely paid off for me. Gotcha. And then did you transition out of diving just because you, uh, um, I pretty much aged out. Yeah, <laughs> there was, a, yeah, there wasn't too much to do, you know, after, uh, you know, high school and college. So, um, yeah, so I continued to run and, uh, uh and then started doing the ninja stuff. And then where did triathlon squeeze into all this? Yeah, yeah. So I started doing triathlons after high school and um, triathlons are great. You know, um, I love kind of the three store, the three sport uh, mentality because it does force you to be an overall athlete. Well, all of them are endurance events. Right. Um, so they're different from OCR in that there isn't a lot of strength involved, but um, uh, but you do have to be adaptable. You have to be able to transition from one thing to the next. Uh, and it requires you to train a lot. And so the reason I, I've kind of stepped away from triathlon to focus more on OCR is because OCR is more translatable to the other types of training that I was doing for either boomerang throwing and especially for Ninja Warrior. Um, so I had to, something kind of had to give, right? I couldn't, I couldn't be a, a great swimmer, biker, and runner. Uh, and then also do, you know, OCR and Ninja Warrior. Uh, instead, I decided, you know, I love OCR. I love what we're doing here. I'm going to focus more on this. And um, and then again, you know, all your money is being dumped into into triathlons with the equipment. Right? Oh, the cost my goodness. Of the, bike, the cost of the wetsuits, the cost of, you know, shipping your bike across the country, uh, the travel and everything else. Uh, at least with OCR, you may be paying for a little bit of travel. But once you get there, all you need are some, you know, some trail shoes and and, uh, and some shorts and you're, you're good to go. So it is much less expensive to do this type of sport. So the last time I did a full iron was um, Ironman Louisville. I think it was 2000. 
2013. And they had in like the, you know, like the welcome book, they had the, the percentage of people that were doctors or lawyers. And it was something like 70%. It was so absurd, like a percentage of the field. I was like, what? Yeah, because yeah, it's just, yeah. it gets so expensive. And I mean, you can spend, you, you can spend $5,000 on a bike and that's like, cool, great intro bike. You know, and you're like, geez, right. <laughs> $5,000. I'm, I'm not a big fan of sports where you can buy speed. You know, and and and, uh, and I think you know, as expensive and as high t- high tech as these bikes are getting, you know, if you spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a bike, you're going to have an advantage over the guy with the, I mean, e- even a really good bike that's you know a couple grand. And uh, yeah, I don't really like that aspect of it. I think you know, um, yeah, but OCR, everybody's on an even playing field, right? So all the shoes are kind of around the same price. And, uh, you know, you can get your nutrition, you can get your shorts, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, and it's just you against the course or, you, you know, you against yourself. Yeah, definitely. What, uh, what distance did you, uh, compete in for triathlon? Olympic. Yeah. I was doing all Olympic distance at the time. Yeah. And, uh, I never got to do, uh, I never did a full Ironman. Um, and it's really just cause I never committed the time right to, uh, to that distance training between boomerang throwing my job and everything else. Um, you know, I, I want to focus on being the best at something. And so I, um, uh, you know, if I were to commit to the full Ironman, I really would want to win or, you know, at least be in the top, you know, the top percent. So, um, uh, that's, uh, that's something that's kind of still on my bucket list. Maybe when I slow down a little bit, I'll, I'll go, uh, you and I will have to sign up for the same one and <laughs> go help each other out a little bit. You can drag me through the swim and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty slow. I, I mean, I, I ran when I I did done two iron distance uh, triathlons and they were both for completion. I was not really, not oh. really going for a good time there. And the, uh, the although to be fair, my first iron distance triathlon was like the a year after I did my first marathon, so it was pretty early in my endurance career. Um, that was 2004. Wow. Yeah. So and there's a big difference between just doing a marathon and doing a full Ironman. Like being able to do that, like hats off to you for being able to pull that off. <laughs> That's that's impressive. That's really impressive. I, I think that says more about my uh, grit than anything else. I mean, I did not. So I, the I remember. So I started training for it January, and the the iron the iron distance triathlon was in August, and um, so I'm I'm on I'm on winter break for college, so I don't have classes. We're just like kind of hanging out at my uh on my in my it's not my dorm. We were in a house at that point, yeah. and I was like, all right, I'm gonna follow this triathlon plan training plan to the T. And all I did was work out for like a week, like swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run. And people were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just so tired. Like I would, I'd go to the gym and I'd come home and I'd just go back to sleep. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, if I did it now, I'd be, I'd be better at it. But uh, it was just at that point in my life, it was so much volume. Right. <laughs> it was crushing right. me, just crushing that's me. Not the, you just went from like zero to 100 in like zero time so that's uh yeah that's a recipe for for a lot of pain and uh a lot of really tired days i'm sure you race tired too i mean never yeah 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 (laughs) but i will i will say like uh so i did the one iron i did was uh it was called the vine man um which i think is now bought by actual iron man like the actual company and the other one i did was iron man louisville and the Iron Man branded one was one. It was twice the price of the non Iron Man branded one. Right, right. But it it was really nice. I mean, I got like a backpack and a you know a license plate cover, and like there was a lot more spectators. There was like the medals were nicer. The you know everything was top notch. I mean, you're you're paying for it, right? So of course, um, right. 
the 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 treatment I received reflected the price. But I will say it was um, if you've done a full Iron Distance triathlon, doing an Ironman branded one was uh, also it was worth the, It was worth the premium. It was. I, I will say it was. Um, especially yeah, it's, it's all bag. It's all about the swag. Yeah. You know, and I was like, "Oh, a backpack! It's free!" And it's like, "Well, it wasn't free. I paid two hundred fifty dollars for this, you know, thirty dollars backpack." <laughs> and somehow of... it makes it all worth it, though. Somehow yeah. it makes it all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what do you have coming up? Um, I know twenty twenty was kind of weird. You know, what's what's on the plan for twenty twenty one? And it's looking like you know, with the vaccine spreading, it looks like things are, in general, getting back to normal, especially for like the second half of the year. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question because I've been looking forward, uh, obviously, to 2021. Um, you know, I want to make sure, first and foremost, that, uh, you know, everybody's safe, uh, can travel safely, can race safely. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward uh, to the Spartan schedule this year. Uh, you know, it's recently released. They've got a lot on the calendar. And um, I obviously want to do the U.S. National Series, which would start uh, February 28th in Jacksonville. Uh, that's a short, fast, rapid race for anybody who's ran it they know it's all about speed and obstacle efficiency uh so you know so that should be a good one uh and then i may even think about um you know a lot of the longer distance stuff um you know it tends to be the longer the race um the better that i tend to do and, and finish and i think it's because i am more of a long distance kind of ultra type athlete and so uh you know i kind of got the the itch for that when i did the ultra virus race uh, this year, and um, you know, I finished uh, third at the first one. That was uh, I put 75 miles in, and of course, I had to submit my data and all that. But uh, but I'm starting to think that ultras would be really nice. Um, and then also, despite living in Cleveland, I really love elevation. So I love running the mountains. I tend to do really well on very hilly, mountainy races. And so uh, I may look at doing the uh, the mountain series uh, this year for Spartan. And um, you know, see if I can uh, end up in one of the top spots. Gotcha. Are they have they put the twenty four hour Killington race back on the schedule, or is that still uh, possibly happening that, or not happening? I think that one's still up in the air. I think okay. it's still up in the air. So um, you know, if they brought that back, that might be something you know I, I would consider jumping in on uh, because it's really it's really a place in OCR where I haven't uh, I haven't really tested myself out. But the more the more I do longer distance stuff. Uh, the more I think that might be right in my wheelhouse. Gotcha. Have you have you ever done like a, a hundred miler or hundred k? Anything to that distance? Yeah, yeah, I've done. Um, you know, I've done fifty milers. I've done fifty k's. Um, you know, kind of hovering around that area. Really, the seventy five miler was, uh, you know, the longest you know ultra that I've done up until this point. But I felt good, felt strong. Um, you know ran kind of on a hard you know service uh so i'm thinking um you know if i ran on something softer some trails and, and did 100 miles uh those might be a good place for me to be so we'll, we'll see maybe this year you know i'll look at doing a couple uh there's one here in northeast ohio called the burning river 100. Uh, i ran it as a relay uh with the group last uh you know this past year uh, and actually ran a couple legs of it and then i paced my buddy through the final 50 miles um on the back half so uh i think i might have to um you know to look at doing that and then of course you know ocrs that tend to be longer you know 24 hour races i, I think we can do that this year awesome sounds like an exciting schedule good plan oh, so you're saying you haven't done a conquer the gauntlet yet 
No, no, I haven't done a Conquer the Gauntlet yet. Although uh, my friend Amy Patchick, a uh, good friend of mine who uh, actually lives not too far from me here in Cleveland, she has been talking to me about that and says, that's a race that I have to do. Yes, they, they're only doing one race this year. It's going to be south of Tulsa okay. it's on, Labor Day, on Labor Day weekend. So it'll probably be nice and warm uh, that weekend. And there, it's it's an all weekend event. They're having a, a dinner on Friday, like a like a barbecue, and then race day. You know, so they'll have their elite heat, open heat. I, I'm assuming they'll have a continuum for you know multi lap, which is as many laps as you can do in uh, four miles in about five hours. So if you want ultra distance, that'd be the the race to do. And then on Sunday, they're going to be doing a team event. You know, teams of four. Perfect. Perfect. So it's back-to-back races. So it's a Saturday-Sunday uh, event? Yep. Yes. That's yeah, what I'm whole, talking about. A whole weekend. So you make a whole – come come down to Tulsa and make an entire entire weekend out of it. They're also bringing back some of the obstacles. You know, they've, they've rolled some of the obstacles off from that were in previous years. Yeah. Well, they're, bringing, they're bringing a bunch of the old ones back. So you basically get to experience – what like 10 years of conquer the gauntlet all in one weekend <laughs> man that sounds sweet i've heard the obstacles are really good and uh yeah and actually that's a weekend um looking at my schedule that there are no other races happening that weekend so i'm, nice. I'm totally down i gotta i gotta take a road trip with uh with my buddy amy and uh and come down i'm sure matt willis will be there too um uh, you know my former teammate at the uh at the ocr worlds you know in uh, 2019 in london so i'd love to see him if he's going to be down there that'll be That'll be fun. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be an awesome time. How did you end up uh, crossing paths with Amy originally? You know, it's funny because uh, I had just qualified for my first year of uh, American Ninja Warrior, and I was at the rock climbing gym here in Cleveland um, called Cleveland Rock Gym. And uh, and uh, and Amy was there and uh, and some other friends who do OCR right with her. And not only did we talk about Ninja Warrior and we're like climbing together, right? We take turns belaying and stuff. Um, but she got me into OCR. So it was Amy Patrick and a bunch of, you know, kind of Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, you know, racers who were like, oh, yeah, you like to run and you like doing Ninja Warrior? You should probably try, you know, OCR. <laughs> I think I think you I think you get a kick out of it. And so if it weren't for them, if I hadn't ran into Amy and, and some of the others, uh, you know, I may not be involved in the sport, but I'm really lucky I ran into them at the right time. And, and Amy's been uh, been a great friend and a, and a great advocate, you know, ever since. Yeah, absolutely, big fan of Amy. Everyone, we all love her. She's uh, she's absolutely great. Yeah, and she's an awesome ninja. She's been on the show like six years or something crazy. She's uh, you know, one of the regulars for sure. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And she's a veterinarian, so I, I don't know. She like she has a million hobbies. It's, it's insane. And a children's author. Yeah, and a children's author and an artist. And I, I don't know what she doesn't do. I mean, she's probably an opera singer too, but, you know, we want to know. So you can you can pick up uh, – if anyone wants to pick up one of her children's books, they're available at the CTG Pro Team website. You can head over to our online store there, and Amy will sign a copy for you and, and mail it out to you. So. Oh, see, now that's a nice plug. She's going to – she'll appreciate that one for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good role model too. My daughter is five. Was like, she's like, you know, Dad, I don't, I don't want to be a, a, only a racer. I don't, I don't want to be a racer when I grow up. I want to be a veterinarian. And I was like, oh, cool. She's like, 
She's like, maybe I'll do some racing too. I was like, oh, like Amy and she like Amy Padgett. And she's like, oh yeah, like him. I her. I can be a I can be a vet and a racer. I was like, hmm. So, she can do it all. She yeah. can do it all. I'm telling you. Good role model there. <laughs> it's not a bad role model to have. It's like Oprah or Amy Patrick, you know, those those two are pretty strong, pretty strong role models. <laughs> All right. Let's um let's start wrapping things up. because uh, I'm running out of questions because we we blew through a lot of them. And um <laughs> I have to, before we get to that though, I need to apologize to Logan because I didn't tell him it was audio only and he put on his, his nice Spartan protein oh, jersey. So man. everyone listening is missing out on this, uh, this stellar view of his. I got all dressed up for you. You know, I thought about throwing on the tux, but decided, you know, I'd keep it classy and stick with the, the pro jersey. But man, I know we'll, yeah. we'll have to do it next time. We'll, next we'll next time we'll do video. Yeah. We'll do a Facebook live or something. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Since I got you on, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, we can we can cut it out if we need to. Um, has there been any talk on the 2021 pro team? I haven't I haven't really heard much just on the social media oh, channels. Good question. Good question. It's been pretty quiet. It's been pretty quiet lately. Um, but I'm sure something's going to happen, right? Uh, I'm sure they'll be making some announcements soon. Uh, they may still be kind of shuffling the deck and deciding, you know, who's going to be part of it. Um, you know, obviously they did Spartan games right earlier in the, in the summer, which is, uh, was pretty cool to, to watch. And, uh, I was on the short list for that, but they brought in a lot of athletes from other sports and stuff. And, um, you know, so that was pretty cool. Um, you know, pretty cool that they did that and started to get interest from, you know, from other sports. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens either way. I'll still plan to be in Jacksonville and still plan to do the U S national series and all that fun stuff. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're, if you're, racing to be on a pro team or if you're racing to win hardware or something like that, you're really doing it for the wrong reasons. You got to do it because you love to do it because yeah, you're absolutely. passionate about it. And you love the people in the community, like we talked about. And, uh, you know, and that's why I'm here. So I love to compete. I love to push my myself and push my envelope. And, um, you know, so whatever gives me the opportunity to do that, I'll, I'll be there. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right, so we're going to start wrapping things up because uh, it's fast, getting close to my bedtime, and I have another episode of <laughs> I have another episode of The Mandalorian to watch. Um, that I'm someone someone already spoiled the the final episode for me on uh, Facebook. So oh little, man, I'll, well I'll, I'm just glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't ask to record this on uh, you know the night of the Bachelor or something. You know, <laughs> I declined, but uh, no, I'm glad this worked out perfect. So uh, we'll do what we usually do when we have a couple people on the podcast. So. Uh, you know, Logan, tell us something people would be surprised to know about you. Oh boy. All right. Um, I knew you would ask me this and it, it's funny because usually my go-to is like, I compete on the U S boomerang team because boomerangs is so weird and unique and, and kind of out there. Uh, but since we already talked about that, I got to come up with something different. Um, actually, uh, last year I was the stunt double for Tom Holland uh, who plays Spider-Man. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. I was just for a movie called Cherry, uh, that they, uh, that they recorded here in Cleveland, um, that they filmed here in Cleveland. So, uh, you know, if you guys, that'll be coming out here pretty soon. So, you know, look for, look for some, you know, if you see, uh, any stunts being done, you know, like I get slammed on the floor and choked out and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I drive your car around a little bit. So yeah, that, that'll be me. But, uh, it'll look like Tom Holland. They need to bring you on as the stunt double for Spider-Man. I mean, I'm sure that we can somehow work the boomerang thing in there 
And then the, I mean, the Ninja Warrior thing is like, that's right in Spider-Man's alley, you know, so. Evan, I'm telling you, man, I would love that. And they don't even have to pay me. I'll just do it. You know? <laughs> I mean, to be, to be Spider-Man would be pretty awesome. I think they were just looking for somebody who looked like Tom Holland. And uh, I was the closest they could find in Cleveland. So I'm, I'm happy with that. That was, that was great. It was a cool opportunity. And I had a lot of fun doing that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, when Spider-Man comes around, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, yeah, I'm going to be applying for that one, too, for sure. Nice, nice. All right, uh, AC, what do you got? Well, it's pretty pretty obvious by my, by my accent that I probably listen to country music. What a lot of people don't know about <laughs> me is is uh, is that actually what I listen to the most is uh, trance, um, like drums and bass, uh, EDM, electronic music. Oh, weird! I was. <laughs> that does yeah. not seem like you. And, and that's exactly uh, that's actually what I listen to when I run is is artists like Marcus Schultz, uh, above and beyond. Um, I can go on with the whole list of names, but yeah, and actually, there's actually a two part to this one. Uh, I'm also trying to teach myself um, how to like sh- do the Melbourne Shuffle, you know, Running Man Shuffle, um, Cut Shapes, which are you know different types of dances you know, they're applicable to, to EDM because it's a good cardio and it's a good warm up to, you know, for foot mobility. Um, so if y'all ever see me at a race and I'm, you know, cutting a rug out there on the grass, it's, it's I'm, I'm just warming up. That's all. <laughs> and AC, I cannot wait to see you at a race, like pre-race with the headphones on doing a shuffle out there at the starting line. <laughs> That's going to be epic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait. Some country uh, country boots, a big uh, cowboy hat, and some Beats by Dre, just just jamming out there. Right. <laughs> hey man, I heard EDM is a new disco, so I'm I'm down with that. That that sounds awesome. Gotcha. So I'll, I'll connect back to uh, Logan's. But one, uh, I think I I actually I know I used this one, but it was years ago when we first started doing this. So I'm going to use it again. So I was a extra on uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. It was a show on Comedy Central with uh, Amy Poehler. And um, I'm in the final episode of season two uh, where they talk about super cool, which is a um, they basically it's sugar is what it is. But it's basically like every all these kids are addicted to sugar and they uh, they treat it like it's cocaine, basically. And um, so, like, they send a bunch of kids to scared straight. So there's uh, several clips of me in the uh, scared straight scene where um, they uh, eventually put a foot into someone's someone's ass literally like it's part of it it's part of the running joke but it was cool we got to hang out with the the cast and amy poehler was like super chill this is like before, way before she was famous right this is probably right 1999 or something so um yeah if anyone wants to dig up that clip i'll share it to strength and speed i have the dvd that i i own but it's my it's my my acting uh one claim to fame <laughs> that is awesome that is awesome yeah i'd like to i'd like to see this link yeah, let me see if I, I'll, I'll check, see if I can find it on YouTube or something. But um, yeah, they, they gave me a decent amount of sc- uh, screen time. And they even at one point, they like pan, they use, um, they ask people to hold up uh, using their fingers, how how big their, uh, their b-holes are. And uh, they pan down my arm. So like, it's, you get to, you get to see my hands up in the air <laughs> to show the size of my butthole. So. Oh my God. I got it. Yeah. yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I dig that one up. All right, so we're going to get going. Uh, before we go, final shout-outs you want to give, uh, friends, family, sponsors, et cetera, anything else we missed? Logan, first? 
Yeah, you know what? I yeah, I love you know. First of all, just the entire OCR community, and uh, you know, just how awesome everybody's been, how welcoming everyone has been uh, to to everybody, right, in sports. So get people out there, challenge yourselves, and um, you know, for me, uh, I'm lucky enough to um, have sponsorship with Salming, uh, Salming North America. So I I race in the Salming OT comps, you know, and train in the trail shoes, and uh, honestly, just amazing amazing products uh you know shoes i've been running in well before uh you know i was sponsored by them um it's just a product that i that i really love so they've been they've been great um yeah and go throw a boomerang you know uh i always encourage people to throw a boomerang so if you have a chance get out there for sure awesome uh ac what do you got uh shout out to uh, anybody coming to conquer the gauntlet uh, just another plug for that one uh, coming up on labor day 2021 that race is probably 100 percent going to happen so don't worry about it getting canceled uh, also i've been on my feet on concrete for like 12 hours a day so shout out to ufos because i'm yeah. wearing these right now and they feel awesome on my feet good stuff nice all right, if anyone wants any bleg mitts, uh, we have small, medium, large, and extreme over at the TeamStrengthSpeed.com website. We are for lights. I think we're down to just small. Uh, we have like three small and then uh, medium left. We're out of large lights. Not planning on reordering more until springtime of 2021. Other than that, uh, my books are available on the TeamStrengthSpeed.com website. And I told, I mentioned this on the last podcast, but the we just updated the or I just updated the new the new strength and speed guide to elite obstacle course racing. So it was the my best selling book, the first one I released, the one that has like the twelve training plans and uh, all the obstacle tips and everything from like five k Spartan sprint to twenty four hour world's toughest motor type training, uh, kind of all in one book. Just re released it, digital format only. It's got new pictures by Stokeshed, so Bobby and Victoria Ross that are awesome in there and. Because it's digital, they're full color. They're not black and white this time. Uh, made up a couple of minor modifications to some of the training plans. Updated a lot of the obstacle techniques tips uh, based off of uh, personal experience. And then updated the athlete interviews in the back. So uh, now has Michelle Warnke. It's got Ashley Samples in there. It's got uh, Jay Flores. Uh, still has Hobie Call back there. Uh, still has Lindsey Webster. One of the coolest parts about the Lindsey Webster interview is it was – done back in 2015 so right so she was uh just gotten on the battle frog pro team at that point but it was before she'd won like multiple world championships so you can kind of see how she trained and uh performed kind of before she really hit it big so it kind of shows you that what she was doing back then was working because it you know uh, based off her results for the last you know five years six years and like I mentioned on the last episode, you know, this podcast uh, is going to be released on January 18th. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, is January 19th. Um, January 19th and January 19th only, the book in digital format will be like $3 on Amazon, right? And then it jumps back up to $10 um, because I wanted people to have the information without having to rebuy the entire book. So you don't have to, but if you want an updated version of the book, you know, $3 is never going to be that low again. And it's going to only going to be for this one day, January 19th. And if you're listening to this after January 19th, uh, you missed it. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, head over and pick that up. It's on Amazon. You can find the link over at the teamstrengthsb.com website. And other than that, uh, that about wraps it up. So again, Logan, thanks for coming on AC. Thanks for co-hosting. Yeah. Thank y'all. Thanks for having me. And we'll have to, we'll have to catch you up. 
catch up with you again at some point later, Logan. You got a you got a lot of interesting stuff with your uh, your background experiences there. So yeah, no, well, happy to join you guys anytime. It's it's been my pleasure, and I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you guys and uh, and and all the listeners out on the course this year. All right. Yes. We'll catch you later. For sure. Have a good one.